Warning, the Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. It's simple, really. You either want to grow in virtue and holiness, or you want to be a sissy whiny baby. If you choose to move forward, grab your whiskey glass, because the Catholic Man Show is starting right now. Welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Hope everybody's just having just a fruitful or efficacious Lent. Should we just start saying like, you know, instead of like happy Lent or something like that? Some people try to do that and it's like, that, that's, that's kind of... It, it, it's, it, I say happy Lent sometimes. But it never really f- quite feels right. It doesn't ring. It doesn't hit. It doesn't. That's exactly right. Um, I mean, I, but do, I don't I do think efficacious like I do efficacious hope- lint. I don't okay. think that also yeah. really. What else? What else have I said? I used to say something else that was kind of like that. Like, anyway. may you suffer well. Yeah, I don't remember. I, don't I, I had I had a, a phrase. Yeah, it also never caught on. <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember what it was. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good. Yeah, it was. Uh, let me. It was precise in its wording and i felt good about it Mm. well um let's talk a little bit about this scotch what do you think yeah because i haven't tasted it yet but i can smell it does it smell smoky it smells oh like like it's it's uh yes yeah so uh let's see this is this is smells like what i like yes uh this is a toby mori distillery uh whiskey Mm. it is called uh lichik Lechik. Lechik. It's spelled L-E-D-A-I-G. So, of course, you would pronounce that Lechik. Lechik, yes. It's off of the Isle of Mull. Which I have never heard of. It's the only distillery in in the Isle of Mull. And uh, Tobamori has been a distillery that has been kind of hurting financially at times and, you know, has kind of gone through ebbs and flows, as a lot of distilleries have, right? You know, sure. with... Uh, either prohibition or you know yeah prohibition back, is like well, wiped, and, wiped a lot of them out and then like you know the 70s and 80s was whiskey wasn't a cool thing to drink you know and so all you know whiskey prices went down astronomically a lot of them closed up shop you know and and slowed slowed the roll cuz it's not like uh production you can just ramp back up right you know um but they had a about I th- think about 2019 or something like that. They had a, a kind of a rebranding of of uh, Tobermory, and this is uh, Lechik is supposed to be uh, palatable, like like it like an Isla Scotch, uh, so smoky, peaty. Uh, they say the reason why is because like the water comes down that they use for the whiskey, like uh, actually runs underneath a peat. I don't know what you call it, patch or peat um, okay. yeah. land, you know. So apparently, I don't know if that really. I don't know if that's know. kind of a I, marketing I, I, scheme I also, or not. I, when I hear stuff like that, it's like, yeah. no, that's not it. Yeah, it, it tastes this way because you use you, you, you use the peat because you smoke burn it. You, yeah. you burn the crap. You like, yeah, exactly. Um, but anyway, that's what they say. Uh, it's supposed to be again. It's supposed to be a rich peat, smoke, and spice flavor. So let's try it out. More on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. Cheers. I also picked this up just because I haven't seen it, and maybe it's just because it is a again a rebranding, and hmm. maybe I would see it 
if I saw a different different um, bottle. That is really nice. So it's not as uh, peaty as I thought it was going to be. Um, it's a lot sweeter, but it still is smoky. Uh, it still is. It is peaty, but mm. yeah, I, yeah I, I like it. I mean, it's really nice. That is nice. Uh huh. It's it's actually kind of an interesting blend because when we when I first opened the bottle, it's a very uh, Lagavulin esque. Yeah, it's more like Lagavulin, but the on the nose it was straight up Laphroaig. Mm-hmm. You know, like but this tastes more like Lagavulin. Just in the glass in front, like on the table, I could smell it and was like, oh man, that smells like Laphroaig. It does not taste like that. It tastes more like Lagavulin. Like Lagavulin, there's a lot more. Laphroaig is like all peat and all mm-hmm. smoke. Mm-hmm. This has a lot more going, a lot more going on. It has, this, it has that like almost saltiness at the end mm-hmm. that a Laphroaig does. How much was this? You know what, dude? I bought this before Christmas, I think. Moons ago. And so I don't, re- I don't really remember. All right. Pa- probably around the seventy to eighty dollar range. Okay. But it's it's v- delicious. Very fair. It, it it's really really good. Yeah. I have never heard of it. Never. Never seen it, so might be hard to find. Lechik. Ledeg. It should be Ledeg. Yeah, but it's not. How's everything going at the farm? Oh, I'm sorry. We have Juan here as well in the hey, studio. Hey, Juan. Juan, it's great to see you. Great to have you here. You haven't been here. The last couple of weeks, you haven't been here at least. Nope. Been playing hard to get. Oh, well, <laughs> it's working. Because <laughs> he was hard to get you here. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the farm... Um, you know, there are ups and downs on the farm. Yes. Uh, we lost a chicken this week. Darn it. It just is gone, which is fine. Like, it's better than, like, finding a dead chicken. Because mm. yeah. now you have to, like, do something with a dead chicken. Yeah, bury it. Yeah. Or burn it or... Which actually something. is terrible. I I tried to burn a chicken one time that <laughs> was dead. It takes forever for, like, a body to go Even away. Though, yeah. Like... In from burning anyway, um, and two of the piglets are sick right now. Oh, dang it! Yeah, uh, this afternoon one of them was just very lethargic, just laying there, uh, seemingly very weak. So I don't know what the issue is. I was so I was feeding it by hand today, mm-hmm. um, just mixing up some milk with an egg, mm. get some protein, protein, and some good vitamins, calcium up yeah. in up in there yeah and so they're quarantined right now there's two of them hmm. they're quarantined i don't know what it is hope it's not swine flu that'd be the worst because can't you get that too yeah, <laughs> like, I think so. people yeah. can also yeah. get and yeah. it's like really bad yeah uh so but the that's the farm we did something really exciting today okay which i you're, highly recommend okay you're really hyping this up yeah it was awesome okay we went to the scrap yard oh yeah cool it was awesome. So uh, Davey and I loaded up. Actually, the second I took first took all the kids, um, but like an idiot, I was like a mile away when I realized I don't have my wallet. Mm. And I thought it's just going to the scrap. You know, I'm just like dumping off some metal. Surely, maybe it'll be okay. It's not okay. No, they gotta. They gotta have your ID. Mm-hmm. So I turned around, came back that afternoon with just Davey, and it was. As it was everything that I wanted it to be, like huge, I don't even know what you call them, like claw things, 
mm-hmm. just like just with mountains of like junk. Then they're just like picking it up and dumping it on this huge conveyor belt that goes up into this massive building where it's just getting shredded. Mm-hmm. You know, like whole cars yeah. at a time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so we were there watching it all, waiting like in a long line. It was sweet. It was so awesome. Nice. I took uh, 1,160 pounds of scrap. It was mostly T-posts and welded wire fencing. Did you get like $2? Dude, I got 116 bucks. It was oh, way, nice. way more than I thought. I, I yeah. also thought it's like, I'm going to, like, I told Pamela before I go, the money I get, I'm hoping, will well, pay for the gas. <laughs> to get there. To yeah. get there. Nice. And it, yeah, like I had no idea. So that was cool. Nice. But, you know, a thousand pounds is a lot of... It's a lot. I mean, you don't very often have... That much. 1,100 pounds of of just scrap scrap metal sitting around. Yeah. Which I did, so... So we've uh, implemented a new thing uh, in the Minahan house. Oh. Interested to get your thoughts. Okay. Um, I'm interested to think them. (laughs) Um, For dinner, not every... Uh, like about three times a week for dinner uh we we pray we have very a very brief family conversation kind of like a state of the union like how's everybody doing what's everybody you know okay sit down and we eat i'm sure the kids love that well it's their turn to talk like what's your how are you how was school you know so okay everybody gets to you know talk Uh uh-huh and then no talking for the rest of dinner. And we're listening to an audiobook. Really? Mm-hmm. The Hobbit. Ooh. Three so, times a week? Yeah, about the, roughly three times a week. Uh, I didn't want to like do it every day because I also like the dinner table is, is kind of a sacred time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think you need you need conversation at the day. Because I also thought about doing that when you know when I first was getting enamored with the monks at Clear Creek, like mm-hmm. oh let's do this, you know like mm-hmm. we can chant a I'll read a book or like audio you know no talking silence. And then the more I thought about it, it's like no no no. Actually, there's a lot of lessons that are learned about how to have a conversation and how mm-hmm. to you know like so you you can't totally yeah. So we're doing do it that. also because uh, for school purposes um, to for like reading retention or audio. Uh, retention to understand like what's being happened what's happening in the story like what, mm-hmm. what did you hear so afterwards it's not like we just listen to it and then throw the dishes you know put the dishes away and and yep. move on we stop we talk about it what did you hear what what was kind of like the story what was happening who who was in there who what did they say you know yeah. to, to try to get them to to regurgitate what they had just heard mm-hmm. you know um so is this the first book you you're starting yes the hobbit yeah Yes. Nice. So, we'll see how it goes. Have your kids, are they familiar with the story? No. Okay. No. They're going to love it. I hope so. They're not They're not liking it thus far. Why? I don't know. Oh, they'll, they'll get into it. I mean, it's, it's only, good. it's only, we just finished chapter one. Yeah. So, oh, it's yeah. like. Yeah, there's just a bunch of weird stuff that happens in yeah, the beginning. All these names. names that they're not familiar with. Right. I mean, give them time. There's like drag. There's a dragon. Right. There's dragons just got introduced. In war. Yeah, you so. know. So. So we'll we'll see how it goes. Sweet.
Lent is a time of great renewal. God calls us into uncommon freedom in Jesus Christ, but many obstacles stand in our way. Lent provides us with a time to enter into the spiritual battle. We must face God's enemies, the demons who tempt us to fall into sin. We must also face up to our own weakness and all that holds us back from entering into God's promises. If Lent has been underwhelming thus far for you, I recommend Lent with Exodus, with new features like Teach Me to Pray, weekly spiritual guides with Father Boniface Hicks, and praying for the dead on Mondays with men from all over the world. Lent with Exodus will provide structure and order during this penitential season. A 14-day free trial for all new users. Go to download.exodus90.com or search for Exodus 90 in the App Store. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. Juan Posada in his producer chair. He's just over there producing. Hardcore. Look at him. Look Hardcore at him just producing. produce. Yeah. With the, the it. mullet of the flowing hair. Shake one, shake it. Yeah. Look at that. The that Arkansas awesome. waterfalls, what they call it in work. The Arkansas. the Arkansas waterfall. Wow, that's awesome. We don't have Jim today, by the way, for like I don't know the third or fourth week in a row. I feel nervous, honestly. Like yeah, me too. I feel vulnerable. Yeah. Without the bodyguard here. Yeah. Shout out to uh, our new patrons. We're continually getting new patrons. Uh, we appreciate all your support. Uh, we have thank you gifts coming at you now. Here's the deal with thank you gifts. Jim sends it. He's our shipping logistics manager as well. And he typically ships it once a month to try because. So if you, I get, I say that to say if you just signed up, you know, the beginning of the month and you've been waiting, you're like, where's my stuff? Yeah, give it, give it a little time. We're not Jeff Bezos, right? We're not Amazon. Uh, this is, you know, I like, wish I was Jeff Bezos, <laughs> man. In in some ways, yeah, not in all ways. I just mainly I, personally, personally I just like to be like insanely wealthy. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, I wouldn't let it go to my head. No, that's the that, thing. The thing about you, right? I know, There's like no it just like has this corrupting influence on everybody else. I just don't think it would happen to Lord, me. Lord, test me. Yeah, <laughs> let me prove it to you, yeah. Lord. Dude, I'm shocked. Your body is like intact and feeling good. You're breathing well. It's like in the middle of Lent, and you. I like, have not. I have not had any. Uh, Nothing has happened to me yet. No lungs collapsed. No. Yeah, I've, uh, I haven't even gone to the hospital. Sh- your shoulders totally still fine. intact. Yeah. Swine flu though is coming. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna get <laughs> about to get swine flu. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be great. In fact, you, you guys should probably have an emergency, <laughs> you know, drink. Uh, just just in case. Boost up a little bit. Okay. I don't know if I'm contagious. <laughs> I don't know if I'm gonna make it. <laughs> I do think people like. I think a lot of people died yeah, like yeah, the yeah. last time it went around, right? Yeah, yeah definitely. So, uh, hey, so tonight I'll tell you that when they, they you know you watch these YouTube videos that say like get pigs, it'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> they, don't, they don't talk about the swine flu. That would be the worst. Like have to go up for your your judgment. Saint Peter calls your name. You walk up and you're like, you know, I'm really sorry, I died from swine flu. You like, know what? It's like dying at the like at the hands of a pig in any way. It just—it's a bummer. It's the way you'd want you'd want to go. It hurts. It's the way you'd want to go. No, 
It just hurts a little bit. Yeah. Will it be retributive justice for all the pigs you've eaten? No. No. It wouldn't. Okay. Because I'm worth infinitely more than them. So tonight I thought we'd talk about magnanimity. We we had an episode about that a while back ago. Yeah. Um, but we haven't discussed it in a while. It's been on my like it was on my heart. Too true. Okay. Uh, on to talk about magnanimity. Mainly, well, I shouldn't say mainly, but one of the things that made me start thinking about it was you know we've been reading the Sunday Great Book or we we've been attending the Sunday Great Book with Deacon Harrison Garlic. We've talked about this before. Where we're going through kind of reading the totally. classics. Totally. And one of the major themes, especially in the Iliad and the Odyssey, things like this, is, is like, what is fortitude? What is honor? What is, you know, what are these things? Aratea. Yeah, arate. Yeah. Arate, not mm-hmm. aratea. Arate, yeah. Like, what is virtue, right? Yeah, the, and excellence. What is excellence? And in uh, the Nicomachean Ethics, Nicomachean Ethics, uh, by Aristotle, like he he starts kind of like he starts the baseline of like what is magnanimity, right? Which which Aquinas picks up on, expounds on, um, but he he talks. So I guess we'll define what magnanimity is, right? So magnanimity is uh, by its very very name denotes stretching forth the the mind to great things. A man that is said to be magnanimous chief is chiefly because. He is minded to do a great act. Um, so it's the desire to do great things, mm-hmm. right? To, to, your, your soul is, 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 has a desire to ascend, right? To, right. to, to, to be drawn towards the, our God. Mm-hmm. And to do, so to do great things. And this, you know, our, our Lord talks about this even, or St. Paul talks about this, right? That, that you do great, greater things than Christ. Like that's almost a scandalous verse. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, it's like, well, I don't know, Jesus like died for all of our sins and rose from the dead. You know, that's a pretty big deal. Right. I haven't seen anyone do that. Right. Because um, that really was my favorite. But the, I think there's a lack of magnanimity. Like, we don't talk about it as much in the culture today. There's yeah. a lack of magnanimity, especially in, in our culture of, of well, this call to greatness. Totally. I, th- I think that's totally true. And I, I think it kind of is all um, in orbit with the fact that um, we have just gotten so far removed from a sense of honor. Okay, um, we there's no shred of honor culture left in American society today, and I, I think that's probably true about um, developed developed countries worldwide. I think that somehow we've all moved by, past it, and it's all about like you. No, forget it. forget everybody else. You got to take you know take care of number one first. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously you're just gonna do. You have to do what's right for yourself. Right. That's that's the the mantra. Mm-hmm. And so, men don't even have a concept. It's not even like they're not even aware of like their own honor mm-hmm. and pursuing it for its you know you know for their own reputation in a good way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so. You're not going to be interested in doing great things if you're not even caring. If you don't even care about your own greatness, right? You know. Well, and as our our culture kind of like lends itself to being slothful, right? It just kind of falling is like you get up, you go to work, you come home, you go to sleep, you get up, you mm-hmm. go, you go to work, you come home, you go to like you you kind of get into this monotonous 
rhythm where you don't really actually think about like, what am I doing? Like, what am I called to do today? What is the Lord asking me, asking of me today? Right. Instead of being intentional about going to work. Right. Just doing it. Right. Just, yeah, exactly. So we're, I'm going to pull something that I found this just amazing gem. I don't know how, like, I don't know how many of these have been produced, like published because it, it, it's a dissertation from a priest back in the 1920s, uh, a New Yorker from the Bronx. Uh, but he wrote this, his dissertation for Catholic University of America, and it's, it's entitled, An Activity Analysis of the Four Cardinal Virtues Suggested by the Writings of St. Thomas. And it's just a fascinating book because it goes through literally the things that you would have to do to obtain the virtues that St. Thomas Aquinas is talking about. Um, you know, we were just talking... Like in list fashion? In list fashion, yes, which is phenomenal, right? Um, to just kind of be practical about it, right? But, you know, we were talking about how uh, the pagans, Aristotle, like, view, how they viewed magnanimity, right, versus how a, a Christian lens views magnanimity, right? Because we were talking about how we were reading the great books, the Iliad, the Odyssey, and, and like, what, what did they mean by honor of, of, by virtue and, and things like that, by fortitude, because magnanimity is a sub-virtue of fortitude. Um, Which is interesting. Like, it, it's an, I think that's an interesting place to put it. I, I get it. But it just... Where would you... Where else would I don't you know. I don't, I don't know. I don't think about magnanimity as a sub-virtue. I mean... I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, I think I would put it just under charity, like, as its own... I mean, everything's a subvirtue of charity. It's called a greatness, though. It's like, ah, like, yeah. No, I, I get it. It just kind of strikes. It's like, oh, it kind of. Su- it mm. surprises me at first to hear that, and uh, but like I said, I recall. Right. I recall that from, from that's discussion. where that's where other people have put it. So he he talks about he he, he breaks it down like the difference between uh, Christian fortitude versus how the pagans. Viewed it. I'm going to read this little part just because I think it's very interesting. It says, The fundamental motives of pagan and Christian fortitude are essentially different. The braving of death is the highest act of bravery for each, but for the pagans, it is the death on the battlefield. Honorable in sight, the state of one's own countrymen, or death by one's own hands in the face of difficulties, while the Christian, uh, the highest type of bravery is found in the death of the martyr, which he meets without resistance. Mm. So he says it, uh, he dies almost as a mockery of his countrymen, a fool in the eyes of the world, but a saint in the eyes of God. It is not therefore the suffering itself, but rather the motive of the suffering that must be considered. So pagan, Christian, they both, you know, a call to greatness, a call, a, a, a call to lay oneself your life down for one, for one's country, for one's um, both good neighbors, you know. Yeah. But one is for like the sake of the honor of just doing it, uh-huh. and the other is and like dying, even to the point where you'd kill yourself before you would die in dishonor from from another per, from from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And the other one is a willful uh, lack of resistance to the death. Right, like a submitting. A willful. Yeah. So. Very receptive. I thought that was a good like breakdown of, of the difference between like how fortitude was, was really thought of 
um, from you know from the moment of Aristotle, you know, in the pagan times mm-hmm. versus uh, the Christian times. Sure. Yeah, I mean, for a pagan, you know, the idea of the afterlife is. It's a very earthly concept. So it, like, it's a very carnal, you, right? You live on idea. like in your me- like oh, other people remembering you. You know, I mean, obviously different. And pagans, you go to the drinking hall. Yeah, different pagans right. have different ideas about right. what eternal. You go and basically party, right? Um, Which is weird. So when we get back, I want to talk about uh, what is opposed to magnanimity. There's four things that are opposed to magnanimity, okay. and then we'll talk about the 33 ways. To grow. 33 of the ways. Of the ways to grow in magnanimity. All right. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great, the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Talking about magnanimity, this call to greatness, the soul's desire to do great things for the love of Christ. Speaking of great things, this whiskey. This whiskey is great. It's very great. Yes. So it's this idea that man is called to, to do great things, right? To do even in the face of, uh, of the arduous, right? In the face of things that are going to be hard, but... You're still you're still going to do them. I don't want to take up too much time with this because okay. uh, people really want to know about it, but they, they can go listen to the other episode we did on. But I, I just like real briefly, can you just talk about the real, the dynamic between pursuing great things and doing like oh yes, like seeking after like greatness mm-hmm. and pride, like mm. okay, well that actually is so, let, let's talk about the things that are opposed to magnanimity because this actually works really well with this. Okay, good. Good. So one of the things uh, that opposes magnanimity is, is what's called presumption, which is pride. Because mm-hmm. um, you basically say to be bold in our actions because of an exaggerated opinion of ourselves. So it's this idea that I like I am called to this great like that I have I'm called to this thing that I, that is actually higher than what. It, uh, what I am according to my state in life. Like, I'm not called right now, and hopefully never, to be a politician, to be, like, the vice president, right? So I I shouldn't be... It's because you're too smart. Considering, yeah. So I shouldn't be considering the thing, the decisions that the vice president should be making. Right. And, like, going and say like, here's what we should be doing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. well, that... Like, what... Slow your roll. Who who are you to be saying right. that? Right. You're also not the general... Right. Of the army. And, and I think this is also like, you can put this in Catholic terms, right? Because it's very easy to say for, for with our Catholic hierarchies, like, you should be doing this. Mm, yeah. 
you know, it's like, well, hold on. Well, like, who are you to be saying that? Right. Yeah. So we don't, and we also don't want to presume that we are great. Right. Because the, you know, like doing great things is great. Okay. But, and so if a person is doing great things, then mm. they would, and they are doing it if they're habitually disposed, you know, which would give them the virtue of magnanimity, um, then they would, you know, have this virtue. So you don't want to just presume, oh, yeah, oh, I do that. You know, like right. I'm also magna- magnanimous. Right. Um, <clears throat> so I don't have to do that because, you know, like you don't want to think about yourself. This is magnanimity is one of these tricky virtues, it's sort of like humility. humility. Yeah. Um, where, like, the more you think yourself in possession of it, the more dangerous territory you're in. It doesn't mean that you're wrong. Right. Because the humble person can rightly say, I am humble. As long as he... I mean, Moses. As long as he, as long as he recognizes he rightly... Was like the most humble person in the world. And he wrote it. Yeah. So, you know. So, presumption's one. And, okay. And the other side of, the, of that, the other extreme, ambition. Okay. Maybe it's not the other side of the coin, but it's maybe... It's another facet. Another facet, yeah, uh, would be ambition, right? It's because you're desiring to do these uh, great things, but it's in an inordinate desire for a position of dignity or for you know for the for the clout. Yeah. So this is once again, there's a lot magnanimity. Just I think it has more caveats than most virtues, because yes, you do want to pursue greatness for greatness's sake. Mm-hmm. Not for your sake, mm-hmm. okay? So you're not doing it because um, it will make you look good. Mm-hmm. You're doing it because it's great. Mm-hmm. So whether in, whether somebody's watching or not, it doesn't matter to you. You're doing. You're just pursuing the great, the greatness for greatness's sake, That's right. not for your sake. It's sometimes hard to tell the difference in the moment, right? When you're. This is why the virtue is important, right? The habitual. A disposition of your will to do those great things. Yes, exactly. Where the intellect has already been, you know, you have this disposition. You're you're just going to do it because you, you've already like practiced it. If you sit there and have to think about it all the time, mm-hmm. well, then sometimes when you th- in the process of over intellectualizing things, that's when you're like, oh, well, also like there's a lot of people here who would see me do what you know, right. like, and so which is the next one actually, vainglory. There you go. So you have uh, presumption, ambition, vainglory, uh, which is glory to your wisdom or your strengths, you know, that, that God has given you. So it's like, these are good things. The Lord has given you certain uh, certain uh, graces, certain aspects of that only you can do right. for your mission that he has for you in this in this life. Um, but they're not yours. He's given them to you to give back to him mm-hmm. for his greater glory. And to others, yeah. Uh, Once again, we talked about in our last episode, the idea of stewardship. Uh, This is like, once again, you've received all these gifts from God. Stewardship is the right right attitude to properly use them. Yeah. So that you can give them back. Right. The last one is a pulsanonymity, which is cowardice. What is the word again? Pulsanonymity. (laughs) Okay, so we found a word harder to say than magnanimity. Yeah. Pulsanonymity. Pulsil- Let me see anonymity. It. I think it's like pusillanimity. Pusillanimity. Okay, this is small writing here. Pulsil- pulsillanimity. Yeah. Pulsil- pulsillanimity. Wow. All um, right. Sweet. Words are hard. 
Um, and this is to be, you know, to, to be faint-hearted, to be too retiring, cowardice, or timidness. You know, to not be mm-hmm. willing to do it. Yeah. Uh, this is the only one out of all of them. So, the first three are on pride, goes against pride. The last one is effeminacy. Gotcha. So, again, so the four that are opposed to magnanimity, presumption, ambition, vainglory, and pusillanimity. Maybe? Pusillanimity. Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, so in this book that I, we were, we were, I was just talking about, um, by Father, uh, I, I meant to say his name because I don't think I did, uh, did I? by Father Cyprian Mincing. Hmm. So, it, I know that we have some New Yorkers out there that. Um, you listen to the to the podcast. Loved it. like if you are some history buff or something like that. He's a he's a friar. OFM uh, went to C- CUA. Love to get more background on him. He didn't really have a whole lot. Uh, I looked him up. It was kind of not much on the internet about him. Huh, okay. But anyway, so he's he gives the activities of, of the different virtues like I was talking about. He actually gives a hundred and twenty activities to grow into magnanimity because why not you're this call to greatness like it should be a great number yeah it is <laughs> well it is 120 so we're just going to try to get through as many as we can hopefully 33 that's our goal that's our goal which is a great goal so i'll just kind of start reading uh, i'll read some maybe get your raw thoughts okay okay so it, it tend towards the arduous and the difficult is that the first one, or that's, that's the a category? One. Nope, that's the first one. To tend towards okay. the arduous and the difficult. Yep. And this is something that, to me, it's like, even when you're at work, right, you have a whole list of things you have to get done today. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, it's very easy to say, like, oh, I, I want to do the one that I, I like the most, yeah. or the, 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 the one that's the easiest. easier, right. Um, Which I do. I mean, very often, It's very I easy do. to do that. Uh, St. Mother, Mother Teresa, she talks yeah. about this, about always, always choosing the, mo- the most difficult task first mm-hmm. um as a way to grow in humility as well but it's this, it's like this submission of your you, you know it's, you're training your, your will to the desire to do the hardest thing first mm-hmm. um so so the next one to strive to accomplish great and lofty things okay uh to undertake leadership without misgiving i think that's an interesting one hmm. what's misgiving yeah I think what he means here, like, is to undertake leadership without uh, the desire to be, like, get, like, uh, you know, to, for somebody to be like, oh, man, yeah, you're the leader. Like, you know, yeah. for, to get the accolades, that's what I was trying to say. I, that's do, the word I, I do think that there's something um, integral to magnanimity with leadership. I think yes. that, like, leadership is one of the essential elements Mm-hmm. It's one of the essential ingredients in the recipe that you kind of can't be magnanimous without without being a leader in some way. Mm-hmm. Totally. So I think it, I think what it really means is like uh, like jumping into it without like the desire to to have the accolades for people to to say like oh man Juan I like I knew you could do this like I'm so glad you're the leader you're just so you know and just starts giving you all these accolades about your leadership style. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, to discuss and administer lofty undertakings with a certain broad and noble purpose of mind. Okay. All right. Okay. Number five, to be ready to fight for our laws, our lives, and our country. Mm. So it's basically fortitude, right? Like this, this, this willingness 
to lay down one's life, to, to enter into battle. Yeah, I like that, to be willing to fight for our laws. That kind of goes against um, the grain of modern society. Yeah, modernity. Which, which basically views laws as oppress, like, uh, you know, forms of oppression. Mm-hmm. Um, which they can't law, obviously a, a, a bad law is oppressive. but Because um, as uh, Deacon Garlic t- talks about all the time, the law is a teacher. It is. The law is a teacher. Um, you know, for instance, if you make something legal, then that, try, that it has this effect on the people that says this thing is good. Mm-hmm. Like abortion, for instance. You know, it's if, not good. If you legalize abortion, then that has this... Uh, it's basically like saying then it's okay. This then abortion is good or right. fine. It's or it's it's not a, it's not bad. Right. So, um, number six to protect or rescue the needy and the afflicted. Obviously, which I like that. I mean, yeah, I, I like I like the that different. It seems like I like that one specific. About right. I know what that means. Also, number seven to make good use of power over others. I think this one's very like. Out of ju- this one to me kind of blends between justice and fortitude, which I think a lot of times you have to make decisions and, and have the courage to do it to do a great thing mm-hmm. for the act of justice, like for you know for justice's sake. This Jesus talks about this. Who he, he would be the greatest, be the servant of all. That's yeah. like people with power. That's your job, right? So we'll keep this going on the other side of the break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles. That a Minahan talking about magnanimity. And after the fourth segment today, Adam is going to, without looking, spell magnanimity. Okay. Looking forward to it. Don't look. Okay. Even okay. now, don't look. Okay. So we're talking about ways to grow in magnanimity. Okay. For the break, uh, we said to make good use of the power over others. Yeah, I like that. It reminds me, like, to me, that's what I think about fatherhood, right? Um, but it really, it applies to anybody with authority. That, you know, you've been given authority. It's not it's not for your own sake. Um, you know, a real king, he's not given authority just like, oh, because he's better than everybody else, mm-hmm. you know, and he deserves to be worshipped. Um, he's given authority so that he can serve everyone, and so that, and that's that's the call to greatness with power. Well, and that, even even from the business perspective, right? Uh, Simon Sinek has a great book called uh, "Leaders Eat Last." You know, and I think that's I think that's the title of the book. Juan, will you look that up for me just to make sure I I, I said that right? But I think it's "Leaders Eat Last." Simon Sinek. But this is like the whole idea. Like, listen, if you are. A, a leader in your in, in business like you have the duty see it, it that is correct see nice um you have the duty to uh, to wield your authority over these people for the good mm-hmm. and and remember that these are human people right this is catholic social teaching right remember remind, reminding them that or you know knowing that these are people this is not a cog in the machine right so um okay number 9 to act valiantly for the delivery of church and state. For the delivery of church and state. Yeah. Uh, I actually mean? I actually skipped one. Sorry. Um, eight okay. was to encounter hindrances and difficulties bravely. 
Yeah, that's it. Totally. Um, which again, another one of those things like it has to do with your will. You, you just have, you, intellectually, you don't want to do it, right? Because it's just like oh, this is the hard. This is this is something difficult. Mm-hmm. But you have to train your will to say like, nope, we're going to do this. So this much is- of these things, they boil down to just being a real man. Like, you know, when you think so about what it is. I mean, what, like I mean, when you think about yeah. that, your idea about like, oh well, a real man does this. Mm-hmm. Like that last one, a real man doesn't shy. Like, yes, there are difficult things to be done today. And we're going to do them, mm-hmm. and we're not going to put them off. Like a, it's like that's what that's a real man. Yeah, the, and a real man is magnanimous. Yep. So the, to act valiantly in matters of the common interest, and then to act valiantly okay. for the delivery of church and state. Okay. Um, I don't know what he means by the delivery of the of church and state. I'd like to hear what other, what our listeners. May, may think about that. Yeah, me too. Because uh, I'll bet some of them know. Yeah. Number 11 is to place oneself in a position of danger for others when there's a sufficient reason for doing so. Mm. Important caveat at the end. A, a very important caveat. And I'm grateful for that caveat. <laughs> yes. Um, number 12, to be willing to be reckoned as an enemy out of love for the truth. How hard is that one? So I have thought about this, like, about, you know, it kind of starts, like, what made me start thinking about this in the beginning is, you know, you hear about communists coming in saying, like, you need to, they basically want you to uh, give assent to something that you know is a lie. Mm -hmm. And, like, people, there are people who won't do it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's, it's, you know, honorable and noble, and that's a magnanimous act, Giving, giving their life for the sake of the truth. So the thing I've thought about is, what, what truth is... Are to, you willing it, to... Are, yeah. I mean, could it be something about like... Here, we give this to one. They, you know, they put a blue piece of paper in front of you, and they say, I want you to say that this paper is red. Are you going to die for that? It doesn't feel like I want to die for whether this piece of paper is blue, blue or red. red. Right. But I, For the sake of truth. But I think at the end of the day, look... Uh, you're it's, the truth is the truth, okay? And it, it big or small, you know, it's I know. This like is the, this is the tough. I mean, this this is where prudence also comes in, right? I think prudence, uh, yeah, but I, I also think that y- you just can't say this blue, it's like it's not, it's not red, yeah. You know what? Go ahead and shoot me because that is a that's the bluest <laughs> paper I've ever seen. Do it, Pepe Le Pew. Yeah. <laughs> He really gonna, did it. He broke my arm. He did it. <laughs> I'm going to be the patron saint of the color blue. <laughs> oh, man. It's, yeah, so, uh, okay, so willing, uh, like, I, I just love to like, but the willing to be reckoned as the enemy out yeah. of love for the truth. I just loved, I love mm-hmm. the way he, he phrased that. Okay, so uh, to be, to deliver from oppression, mm-hmm. to be brave in facing danger for a good cause, which he's kind of mentioned already in different words there. Yeah. To strike at a foe for the common good. So self-defense. Yeah. Or defense of or others. Or defense of others, uh-huh. yeah. Um, that, one's, that one also is tough because like you have to mentally like already have thought through some of these things before Dude, before it so actually much. happens. Because there was, there was a time back at... I don't know, right after college or something like that, where I, I saw a man kind of 
maybe in a, like not maybe like inappropriately like kind of grab a grab a girl you know kind of grabbed her by the arm and kind of like was firm with like too firm with her yeah and kind of jerked her over there and I was like, yeah it like shocked me I was I just a little domestic abusey I mean yeah I mean I don't they weren't married or anything but it was just like still I was just like man that 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 seems off you know it it triggered in my mind like that was that was not good uh huh but I had not thought through like hey what would I, what should I do if that happens. Yeah, and that I, like I felt like man, I I am just I am a coward. Like I should have stood also, up. Also, what if that dude? What if he's a really big dude? Yeah, and it's like yes, I'm gonna confront. I'm gonna confront him and like try to put myself between him and her, and I'm gonna get beat up. Yeah, like I'm totally gonna lose. Yeah, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Right. You have to be will- mean, You have to be willing. You have to be willing to to step into that situation. Yeah. Okay, so number 16, the willing to surrender not only temporal but also spiritual goods and even oneself for the sake of others, provided it does not involve the loss of our soul. I don't know what it means to surrender spiritual goods. What do you think that means? Well, I think that it means sometimes you, you can suffer for the, you know, and instead of like receiving the grace for that suffering, you I know apply. what it means to like surrender physical goods. I have these goods, I'm giving them to you. I'm give, I'm like surrendering them. Yeah, I just don't know how you do that. With well, you know, there's there's some souls who are like, um, you know, destined to 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 suffer in this life for the sake of others, like and yeah. to not to not receive the consolation that one normally would want or desire. Sure. To receive like okay, I, a lack of grace, you know, kind yeah, of like. But it de- doesn't seem like they're surrendering them. They're just like part of their vocation, like the unique vocation of that God has given them. Is that like they just didn't receive them in this life well, they're going to they're going to receive them well this is what fa- sometimes what fasting is right like i'm fasting for the sake of my of my family yeah but when i th- i think about fasting is actually gaining spiritual goods i just we we can move on i'm just confused by the the concept of surrendering spiritual goods i think that's interesting okay i think that it just means like you know i'm 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 going to do a temporal uh you know something temporal for the sake of something for a spiritual good but i don't want to receive it i want to give it you know for the sake of somebody else okay yeah i can i I, i'm with you on that okay 17 to do our duty in grave and serious matters yes that one also like to do our duty in grave and serious matters voting Mm -hmm. you know that's what that's something that like you you should be doing. Yeah. Um, that's a serious matter. Uh, that was kind of one of the first thoughts that came up to me. Because like, it's easy at times, even from a local level, to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm just not going to go vote. I don't have time to go vote. Yeah. And I also, I think sometimes it's easier to do your duty in serious matters. What I think is maybe the magnanimous thing is to do your duty in uh, like uh, minuscule things. Right. You know, it's like this actually doesn't matter a whole lot. Right. But it's my duty nonetheless, mm-hmm. you know. For the sake of truth. For the Whether sake of truth. Whether it's blue or red. Right, exactly. Like, I think th- I think that is a... A tough the, one. Sometimes the big things are easier to do. Yeah. Uh, 18, to defend our institutions against attack. Yes. I think that's that's one that's, you know, probably coming our way here in the near future yeah, that I mean, we need to, like, really think about. Near f- I mean, there are, like, plenty of institutions are under attack right now. I th- Think about how many church institutions... Are like being attacked by the Jesuits, for instance. 
Oh, we're that was only kind of a joke. We're still on Catholic radio. This is not the podcast. So yeah, it was kind of a joke. To be brave because of fear of dishonor. Okay. Yep. To be brave because of sorrow. Hmm. Okay. To be brave because of hope. I can do that. That one's that one's probably the easier one of yeah of of those three. Number twenty-two: to learn to do a thing well, and then to to fearlessly uh, to do fearlessly what we have learned. To learn to do a thing well, and then to do fearlessly what we have learned. Okay, I will not be afraid. Well, I think. Just, uh, okay, so more, like as you read through. And you learn more about the faith, right? You start realizing it, it exposes you to some of your... It brings to light a lot more and clarity to, to your life, mm-hmm. right? And so there's some sins that you, like, hold on to. Because, like, this, this is my sin, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. And then you realize, and you, and you learn, actually, oh, this is actually maybe a mortal sin. This is a grave sin, at least. Right, yeah. Uh, and I, I've learned this, but, like, intellectually... Or a pernicious sin. Is like a, but then intellectually, you kind of, like... Oh, but this is just like something that I do, you know, yeah. like, just my guilty pleasure. Right. Um, so once you've learned it, though, which if you have a guilty pleasure, you should be ashamed of yourself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're out of time on the Catholic Radio. Go check us out the CatholicManshow.com. We're at uh, we have I don't know about ten more, eleven more to go. Very good. So we're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Cheers to Jesus. I think we're gonna get through them all. Yeah, we we didn't think we were gonna I get know, through, yeah. but I think we will. What do you think, Juan? I believe in us. Yeah? Let's see. Okay. Number 20, uh, 22. No, I'm sorry, 23. To face dangers and the bearing of toil deliberately. That's one that's interesting. To face dangers and the bearing of toil deliberately. Mm-hmm. You, well, you have to do it deliberately, deliberately, otherwise it's not a virtue. You know, yeah, it, Intentionally. Yeah, yeah, you have to be intentional. You have to be mm-hmm. deliberate. 24, to show firmness of mind in the face of assaults. Mm-hmm. That, like, that kind of reminds me of the, like, being willing to, willing to be considered an enemy for the sake of the truth. Right. Yeah, I mean, to, to show firmness of mind. Also, like, I don't know if this is what he's actually talking about, you know, but there are times when you have to be courageous, you have to do the a great thing and it's against what you want to do right and mm-hmm. but you've already intellectually made the decision and your will is actually in cooperation with the intellect and reason and moving forward with it but you're still uh scared right you're still nervous and scared yeah. about that um to do it whether that be facing a boss or i don't know like even confronting your wife about something that's been really difficult like that that's you've been not sure. wanting to talk about like yeah. conversations that you don't you haven't had. Yeah, just being resolved in your in your decisions. I think everybody probably has an like an example in their own life where they were going to do something until somebody like started really giving them a hard time, and then they're like, "Fine." Yeah, and they kind of fold like a lawn okay, chair. Okay, fine. Like whatever. Like if yeah, um, you know, like it happens with your kids. They'll start crying, like, you're deciding, no, we're not going to have to do this. And, and they start crying about it. You're like, well, fine, fine. <laughs> okay, why? fine, we'll do it. We know. It's like, that's not being resolved. Fine, we'll have our third dessert tonight. Yes. Fine. Yeah. I want a dessert. Yeah. <laughs> Just going to wait till you went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> we can do it now. <laughs> that actually sits well with me. <laughs> 
Okay, uh, to show firmness. Oh, wait, we just said that one. 25. To restrain fear in ourselves and others. Hmm. To restrain fear in ourselves and that, others. That kind of goes back to the idea of leadership, right? Because mm-hmm. that's a difficult thing to do. But it's contagious, right? Like, if I have this like seed that's been planted that I want to do something brave yeah. or courageous or something great, and then I see Juan do it, and then I see you do it, I want to do, like, it's easier to jump in and actually mm-hmm. make that, make that. It's also sort of like a good uh, peer pressure. Well, yeah. Yeah, you know, which can be can be good. But it's very, it is difficult, though, to restrain fear in others. You might be able to be, you know, face your fears. I, I and, am, and hopefully that will inspire others yeah. to face theirs. I, I like I, I envision like a lot of the military men like who have, who've been in com- like who are in, in combat like in the heat of battle and one yeah. of the guys is like panicking and you know kind of cowering down and the other guy looks at him and just kind of slaps him in the face right, and like smacks him around get, get it together right. you know we don't have time for this yeah and then it kind of makes them snap out of it and they get going again yeah it it, hap- it happens in the movies all the time all the time Steven Spielberg has told me this. <laughs> Um, okay, twenty six to re- to work on the preservation, uh, preservation, of preservation, <laughs> preservation, preservation, preservation. There we go. Yeah. I kept saying what per preservation. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, of peace in our country. Yep. That one's gonna be harder and harder. That's a great thing. I mean, like when you talk about pursuing greatness. Yeah. Oh, world peace. Right. <laughs> One well, and the problem is that sometimes you have to compromise peace. To bring the truth, right? It's like yeah. you want like avoidance of conflict is not peace. Yeah, no, I that that is there does often that is in a at least there's an appearance of a conflict there. The truth is you can't have peace without the truth, mm-hmm. right? You can have um, a charade of peace, mm-hmm. but not actual peace. There will not be tranquility of order, mm. which is what peace right. is, if you do not have the truth. If you don't have things ordered correctly. Properly. Yeah. yeah. To defend the common good in a just fight. Very to good. stand immovable in the face of dangers. Mm-hmm. That's, that's also See, once dope. again, a real man. Right. To hurry to meet danger it, when necessary for the common good. Okay. 30. We're on 30 now. All right. To be fearless when our cause is just. Yeah. 31, to fear the Lord, but nothing else. Ooh. I'm not afraid of you. <laughs> I'm only afraid of him. To fear the Lord, but nothing else. Yeah, that one's good. That one's strong. To take, uh, to take the, uh, the, off- the offensive against those who oppose us unjustly. Mm-hmm. So this is why you can't be like a pacifist. Right. Like... Pacifists, I, I don't understand. Like I, I just don't understand them. Me either. Um, I I would love to actually have a discussion, not a debate, or not like an attack session or anything like that, on a pacifist. Uh, <laughs> fine, I'll just take it. Um, uh, but I would love to like talk to a pacifist, and like, what do you mean by this? Yeah, to and, me, it's like uh, being a, a pacifist is like you know what? It would be really nice. To live in a world where we could be pacifists. Like, that sounds, it sounds really nice. But that's just not the world we live in. Or what you're called to. I mean, in the Garden of Eden, yes, 
like they were all like all pacifists, right? Like because there was no sin, there was no reason to have to like use force on anybody. No force was never required, right? And so but you started to be just. But they just were. Right. So I don't know if that actually, I don't know. But I'd, have to, I'd have to think about that. I don't know if they were actually pacifists. Because yeah. I think you have to actually exercise virtue that was, that is actually even, that is opposed to well, just the nature of Well, they could have lived the life of a pacifist anyway. I don't, I actually agree. I don't know if they still were technically pacifists. Yeah. Because they they would but the they idea, would desire just the like idea retributive of, dr- but justice. But the idea of violence or the need for violence would have been unknown to them. Sure, they, they would have been well, totally ignorant. I no, think that they would have been ignorant of the st- idea. No, because I mean, they're not to animals at least. They didn't eat animals. Yeah, not in the garden. They did not eat animals. God didn't command man to eat animals until after the flood. But the animals ate each other. Uh, that's actually debated, dude. I think they ate animals. They in the in the it says specifically that God gave man all of the like fruits to eat. Sure. And then specifically after the flood, that's when God gives animals to eat to man. The now, flood? Yeah, after Noah. Hmm. Um now the question is lions are carnivores. Were they not carnivores back then? Of course they were. Because it's in their I nature. I kinda think that they, yeah, that's what I think. It, I, all I'm doing is saying that this is a heavily debated uh, Sweet. among. I mean, I think it's in our nature though to to eat meat, and so like we have canine teeth. Yeah, but it does say in the story, the but, word of God. Yes, that we were only eating. It, it it seems to say that in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve, they would eat. They were vegetarians. I'd be interested to look that up. Okay. Um... It's in the Bible. I'll get, I'll, it's a book. I'll, okay. You should really check it out. Get you a copy. Yeah, I'll get you a copy. Signed one. I'll get a signed copy for you. 33. This is the last one. God. <laughs> to take witness of the faith. Number 34 is also to suffer martyrdom. Yes! That's the one. To take a witness of faith. Like, if you want to be magnanimous, that's, that's the way to do it. To suffer martyrdom? Just to be... Go be a, like... Obviously, uh, martyrdom is not something to be like sought out. You shouldn't go right. looking for it. Right. But you should like be excited when it comes, mm-hmm. because it's uh, the the grace of martyrdom, and it is a grace, mm-hmm. is the coolest. Yeah, because you were going to heaven. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> Another one in here is very uh, Teresa Lasu asks. It says, "Do great things." I'm sorry, do small things in a great way. It kind of reminds me of Mother Teresa. Do small mm-hmm. things with great love. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I mean, he gives 120 of them. So there's more. There's plenty more. Um, the martyrdom one, that was that's my favorite. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so Cyprian Mensing is his name. He's an OFM, he's a Franciscan. Uh, in 1929, he gave his dissertation at Catholic University of America on, it's called An Activity Analysis of the Four Cardinal Virtues Suggested by the writing, Writings of St. Thomas. Epic. It's just, it's so good. I'm, like, look at this. It has a little chart in there of all the virtues. Like, wow. And how it... A flow chart. Yeah. Super awesome. Anyway, um, when I found this book... Where did you find it? 
Abe, abebooks.com. Mm-hmm. I was looking for another book on virtue, and it, it's just a <laughs> cardinal virtues. And that's all it said. And like I looked at it, and I was like, oh, Is that handwritten? I think so, yeah. Somebody had nice handwriting. And uh, I was like, huh. Okay. I, th- I mean, it was like 10 bucks. I was like, yeah. Hmm. I'll roll the dice on that. I didn't really know much about it, but I'm a sucker for to buy books, especially on virtue. Sure. I'm really glad I, I rolled the dice. It's on almost it. like you do it habitually. I have the virtue of it. Buying books about <laughs> virtues habitually. Yeah. So anyway, any last thoughts? Thought like on on this? You know, so we went through like, the oppositions, uh, like things that are yeah. opposed to magnanimity, ways to grow in magnanimity. I think. You know, um, those those examples being specific are helpful to think about what magnanimity is. Obviously, you're not going to carry this book around with you as a reminder of like, oh, yes, I need to do. Mm-hmm. Hmm, now I'm looking for an opportunity to, you know, it's like that's, that's and that's not what the intent, the author intended. Mm-mm. It's just so you can get a good grasp on the concept of magnanimity because it is, it is a little bit of a more ethereal virtue than you know saying like oh what what is it yeah it's like so uh, go be great it's like what does that mean well how do i do that so i think the best way to do it is just to be virtuous okay to pursue the virtues to do what is right Mm -hmm. all the time Mm -hmm. and there are no breaks from doing what is right if you always do at every moment the right thing the things that you don't want to do because there are many, many times every day, even when, like, if if, you, if like you have become somewhat virtuous, there mm-hmm. will still be things like you just don't want to do. Yeah. Okay, and that's that's where the greatness is. It's in those moments. My late grandfather coined a phrase that said he's and he, he would say it to us all the time. He said he would say, "You can never go wrong with doing what's right." I like it. See, I had heard the definition of magnanimity around achieving excellence in all the virtues. Like you yeah. haven't reached, you haven't achieved magnanimity until you have achieved excellence in all the virtues. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably true because another another word, another way people describe it is greatness of soul. Okay. Do you think you think that's true? Is that a difference in kind, or is that I think that's just a difference in in degree. Well, I don't know. I think I think there's something to it, right? That um, you're not going to be like, okay, you might do one great thing, okay, but does that mean that you have the virtue of? No, no obviously not. So, greatness sp- spans the entire scope of human activity, which so therefore all the virtues are at play here. So if you're not habitually Doing all the virtues, then yeah. I mean Aristotle says right here in his uh, Nick McKean, I think it says what is great in every virtue pertains to magnanimity. Yeah, so I, I do think that, um, and that's kind of what I was trying to say a second ago is just practice the virtues all the time. You know, that's how you achieve magnanimity. Mag, mag- it's a little bit different, like. If you want to, if you want to have the virtue of honesty, you can be very specific and intentional about being honest. Okay, I've been lying a lot lately. Right, but being magnanimous 
you, there's not a, like necessarily something specific like that for you to work on. You need to work on all of the things, mm-hmm. okay? And then with each virtue, as you grow in each one, your so does your soul, right? And so your soul grows. That's why it's, you know, greatness of soul is mm-hmm. literally mm-hmm. what it is. Mm-hmm. So that's how you really practice magnanimity, is just by being virtuous mm-hmm. all the time. Just stop sinning. Just don't just don't sin. Definitely and, stop sinning. And then do great things. Great way to start yeah. is by stops just like stop sinning. I think that's great. I think that's where we stop. Yeah.